seven years in the making, it's been completely reimagined for a game-changing fit and feel. With enhanced cushioning and super soft materials, the Woolrunner 2 delivers comfy all-day wear built for bliss. Visit Allbirds.com and use code FRESH24 to score a free pair of socks with purchase. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code FRESH24. And thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I'll be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call parareality. How's everybody enjoying the spring weather we're having, man? Up here in the big nasty, it changes almost daily, sometimes hourly. We're kind of at the tail end of the rainy season, as I call it, and springtime in this part of the country is kind of unique. It can be, I don't know, freezing cold one day, hot as hell the next, and then rainy the day after that. And then sometimes it's all three at once, cold in the morning, hot in the middle of the day, then raining at night. But I guess that keeps things interesting, doesn't it? And of course... You know that with spring comes the urge to get back out in the field and start doing some paranormal stuff. And if you like to travel, it's time for a paranormal road trip to some haunted location or other creepy place. And for you investigators, that means that it's time to dust off your equipment, hit the road, and find some new or maybe even old places to investigate. And you know it's been a long time since I put on my Sherlock Holmes costume and did an investigation. I've always considered myself to be more of a paranormal researcher than investigator, at least these days anyway. Um, But lately, I've, I've been having the itch to do some more investigating to get back in the out in the field again. And if you remember, last month I told you that I was working on a location to investigate here in the Nashville area that had never been investigated before. It involved a negative entity that attached itself to a woman not too far from where I live in the Nashville area. Now, I bought in another expert in the field to help me out with this, and we even got a uh, local clergyman who has experience with this type of entity. 
and uh, he we got him involved, but unfortunately, the woman in question has ceased all communication with me, so I, I don't have any clue as to what's going on right now or why she stopped communicating. Um, she uh, just kind of like dropped off the radar in the middle of the three of us trying to help her. Now, it's possible that the entity that's attached to her is, I don't know, influencing her somehow, but since I can't get in touch with her, I, I can't find out. But I'll, I'll keep on trying, though, and I'll keep you updated on the situation. I've, uh, You remember I've also got a trip planned to investigate the famous Dead Children's Playground in Huntsville, Alabama, within the next month or so. So I'll be uh, letting you know all about the results of that investigation, too. And speaking of paranormal investigations... That's kind of the topic of tonight's episode. More specifically, I'm going to be talking about popular paranormal hotspots and the possibility that over-investigating these places may actually be causing a decrease in the paranormal activity that they're famous for. And of course, to learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But first, it's time for listener emails. This comes from Seth via YouTube. And Seth writes, Love your stuff, man. It's really entertaining. Well, Seth, uh, he's specifically referring to the uh, Pale Crawlers episode that Eric and I did last month. So, uh, Seth, thank you for... uh, the email or the comment, should I say, there on on uh, on the tube of the U. I really appreciate that. Um, it's um, you know, I really uh, enjoy doing podcasting, and even though this isn't the most popular paranormal podcast, uh, you know, that's ever hit hit the ground and stuff. You know, I, I'm not trying to make it be like that um i just want to um i just i just want to provide some entertainment for people and i want people to uh to have fun listening to the show and get some maybe a little bit of uh entertainment out of it and maybe learn some stuff too so um yeah i i always try to take a uh a different and unique approach to all my topics. I like to call myself an open-minded skeptic, and um, I think it's good to have a healthy dose of skepticism anytime that you're researching or investigating some of the top or all of the topics really that I investigate here. And I've always said too that you know just because I am doing a podcast episode about a particular topic doesn't necessarily mean that I subscribe to that topic that I don't necessarily think that what I'm saying or what I'm investigating is the actual truth. Like, I, for example, I've done probably two or three episodes over the course of, of the years on the Loch Ness Monster. And, uh, you know, I just don't believe in the Loch Ness Monster. I don't think that there is a Nessie, or if there was a Nessie, that it, he, she, whatever it was, is long since dead. So, but I still love to talk about the topic. I mean, 
maybe I'm wrong. I would love for someone to prove me wrong on some stuff like that, you know. But um, I'd still like to investigate it. I still like to talk about it. And I still like to do episodes on it. But I always approach everything with an open mind and a healthy dose of skepticism. And I hope that comes across um, in my podcast. So, Seth, thank you very much. And thank you for subscribing to my YouTube channel. And I got another new subscriber. And I hope I'm going to pronounce this name correctly. Please forgive me if I don't. It's Joyce Cohen. She just subscribed to my YouTube channel as of yesterday. So thank you, Seth, and it's Joyce for uh, listening to the podcast and subscribing to my YouTube channel. If you want to know what my YouTube channel is, all I got to do is uh, go to YouTube and do a search for Parareality1. That's the Parareality number one out on the end of it. Or if you just want to go directly to my YouTube channel, it's... uh, www.youtube.com slash user slash parareality1. Just go straight to it. So it's youtube.com slash user slash parareality1. Or just go to YouTube and do a search for parareality or parareality1. So thank you guys for uh, tuning in on on YouTube and thanks for the comments and thanks for uh, listening to the show. I really, really appreciate it. And now that that's over with, now that I've answered that question or responded to those comments, you got to listen to this, as always. Parareality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange podcast network. To learn more about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to straightupstrange.com and get strange. Hey, how would you like to be an agent of chaos? What is chaos? It's the knowledgeable apprentices of Sandman, and that's what I call my Patreon account members. I'm looking for new agents, and I'd love it if you'd sign up to become one. There are three levels of agents, and all are extremely affordable, $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content along with the ability to help create podcast episodes and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality. 100% of the proceeds from Patreon goes back into producing quality content for this podcast. You are listening to the Parareality Podcast, your information source for conspiracy theories, UFOs, the paranormal, and all things unexplained. New episodes drop the first Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Listen on your favorite podcast station. Turn on, tune in, and find out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. The world is full of haunted locations. Waverly Hills in Kentucky, the Myrtles Plantation in Louisiana, the Ancient Ram Inn in England, the Catacombs in France, Provegle Island in Italy, Berg Wolfsig in Germany, Casaloma in Canada, Edinburgh Castle in Scotland, Forbidden City in China, 
Hoa Bichu Forest in Romania, Akershus Fortress in Norway, the Suicide Forest in Japan, and almost countless others across the globe. Some of these locations are centuries old. Others are just a few years in age. No matter how long they've been around, they all have one thing in common. Well, besides being haunted, that is. And that's that they're extremely popular. Now, I just named a handful of places, and those are by no means all of the extremely haunted slash popular places that there are in the world. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. They've attracted paranormal investigators from all over the planet. They come in droves to investigate these locations, all trying to capture the paranormal activity that they're famous for or looking to capture that one piece of evidence that no one's caught yet. Maybe this is the thing that will garner them their 15 minutes of fame. You never know. Yeah, these places have plenty of legends and tales of terror and tragedy of the once-living people who inhabited them, whose ghosts and spirits now haunt them. Over the years, these places have given us Lots of fantastic evidence of the paranormal, from pictures of things like mysterious orbs to Class A EVPs to videos of strange mist or abnormal EMF readings, unexplained temperature changes, and even the elusive gold standard of what everyone wants to get, the full-bodied apparition. But are these places now in danger of losing all these paranormal events that make them famous? Is this a danger because the paranormal community is investigating these places too much? Are paranormal investigators literally sucking the life force energy out of the ghosts and spirits who live there? After all, it has to take a lot of energy for these things to manifest themselves in the first place. But what's happening to them with night after night of seemingly endless amount of people coming through their homes, asking them like to show themselves, to speak, move objects, or do some other crazy thing on demand. What's happening to these entities, these spirits, these ghosts? Can all of the activities of the living be depleting the energy of the dead. So I'm asking you to just bear with me here. This is nothing more than a working hypothesis at this point. A lot of research needs to be done before anything definitive can be concluded here, but I do want to pose this question to you. Are these famous haunted locations in danger of having their paranormal activity depleted because they are being over-investigated. I think 
It's a plausible hypothesis, and the answer to the question might just be a resounding yes. There's a lot of research that needs to be done in order to make a determination about this, and that won't be easy either. So to begin with, we'll have to first determine what locations are the most haunted in the world. Then we'll have to figure out how many of these locations we want to include in our study. Now, the more the better, but also the more we include, the more work we'll have. Okay, But you've got to have a diverse group. You've got to have a large study population. You can't just do it based on two or three. I'm talking about you got to have like probably a dozen, maybe even more than that, to even have a valid study. But remember, the more you study, the more work that you're going to have. And next, we're going to have to find out what activities each location is famous for. And after that, we'll have to interview the owners of each location, and that could entail actual travel for face-to-face interviews or more likely uh, contacting them via the Internet or by phone, you know, Zoom, Teams meeting, Skype calls, stuff like that. The main thing that we'll want to ask them is, have they noticed a decrease in the paranormal activity since they've opened this location to the public? And then we'll also need to try to find any paranormal investigators or groups who've investigated these places more than once and ask them if they've noticed any decrease in the paranormal activity. And that's probably going to prove to be one, if not the most difficult of all the tasks that lie before us with that. Now, I'm not a statistician, so I don't know how to crunch the numbers when it comes to all that, but I really don't think that we need to when it comes to figuring this thing out. I think that it comes down to simply, is there a noticeable decrease in paranormal activity or not? A yes or a no. I I really think that you could probably, and that may be oversimplifying doing something like this. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a statistician. I I don't know how to crunch these numbers. I don't... um, that's just not my forte. That's not my, my field of expertise, so to say. So this is my hypothesis, just in case you haven't figured it out by now. I believe that all the paranormal investigations of these haunted locations are literally sucking the energy out of them, thereby causing a decrease in the paranormal activity. In my opinion... And this is just my opinion here, okay? In my opinion, this makes logical sense. You can't have people traipsing around in these places night after night asking the spirits to manifest themselves and move objects, speak, or whatever they're wanting them to do. You just, it just, it takes a lot of energy for these spirits to do that. And then for it to happen night after night after night after night, what's happening to all the energy that's in these places. Think about it, okay? Let's say that you're sitting in your house, the one you've been living in for years, and all of a sudden, some jackasses that you don't know come in there and they start demanding that you do stuff like 
speak to them, move objects, appear in a particular room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. You can't stop it. You can't turn it off. You do your best to please these people, but they keep on coming night after night after night, making all of these ridiculous demands out of you or demands from you. And eventually, you'd get tired of it all, right? Eventually, you wouldn't have the strength to do it anymore. Eventually, you'd stop caring about trying to please all these strangers, and eventually, you'd stop trying. So don't you think that the spirits who inhabit the lo- these locations feel the same way? I think that they do. And I don't see how that doesn't make sense. And these places have a certain kind of energy about them. You can feel it when you walk in those places. This energy can be generated from something tragic, that happened there a long time ago, or maybe it's stored in the environment itself, like limestone rock is supposed to absorb the energy of its surroundings then release it slowly over time. Or maybe this energy comes from somewhere else, someplace that's, I don't know, unknown to us, known only to the spirit world. Regardless of where it comes from or how it's generated, Surely all these people traipsing about these locations night after night deplete this energy. And they probably deplete it at a rapid rate too. This leaves less energy for the spirits to use to manifest themselves. And with the regularity of paranormal investigators coming into these places, the energy levels don't have enough time to replenish themselves. Eventually, This is going to lead to a complete deplenishing or depleting of the energy altogether. And this means that there'll be nothing left for the spirits, and that means that the paranormal activity stops, maybe even for good. I suppose there's a possibility that if people stop going to that particular location for a period of time, the energy could could return and bring with it the paranormal activity. But we don't know how long that's going to take or if it's even possible at all. If you want my opinion, and you obviously do because you're listening to this podcast, That's a sad thing to think about. These haunted locations are special. They're unique. Even if the reasons that they're haunted are tragic, that doesn't diminish the fact that they're special. The fact that they're haunted is historical. It serves to remind the living that something happened there that's worth remembering. The ghosts and spirits that haunt the place are screaming out that they were once alive. They once lived or worked there or that they died there. Sometimes it could be all three. They were once alive and their lives had meaning. What happened to them had meaning. 
there's a lesson to learn. Maybe it's a lesson of love. Maybe it's a lesson of tragedy. Or maybe it's a lesson to not repeat their mistakes. Or maybe it's just simply that they want us to remember them for who they were and what they did. Maybe they just don't want to be forgotten. Now, one could make the argument that all the people coming into these places bring their own energy with them. And I think that's actually an excellent point. After all, whenever I go to investigate someplace, I get excited and I get nervous, and that generates energy, right? So if I get nervous and excited, then it stands to reason that other people get nervous and excited too. And if there's a group of people that's coming in, and usually it's more than one person, there's usually several people at a time, So if there's a group of people all going in at the same time and they're all excited, then that's even more energy that's being generated. It makes complete sense. Add to that the fact that multiple people are going into these places night after night, then they must be generating a whole lot of energy for the spirits to use. But I'm questioning, is that enough energy. Eventually, the excitement will turn to calm. Things will settle down. The excitement factor will chill out, right? The nervousness will vanish, and that energy that's being excited, that's being generated from the excitement in the nerves will eventually stop being generated. Well, sure, if something quote-unquote, paranormal does happen, the excitement is going to come back, but only for a while, just for a short period of time. These are, well, these short bursts of energy being generated is, well, it's a far cry different from constant energy. I believe that's what's really needed for these places, constant energy generation. And besides, I also think that it takes far more energy for a spirit to manifest itself or speak or move objects than can be generated just from someone who gets excited or nervous. And here's another thing. Like I said earlier, Maybe the spirit simply, maybe they've, maybe they simply had it with all the demands that are being made on them. Maybe they're simply tired of it all. They've had it. They're not going to speak into your device. They're not going to move that damn door. They're certainly not going to manifest themselves any goddamn more either because they're tired. Piss off. I'm tired. I live here. This is my home. I'm trying to rest. Get out of here. Don't you think they get tired of having these same demands placed on them night after night after night? I, for one, am sure that they do. It only stands to reason. Take my scenario from earlier. Wouldn't you get tired if someone came into your residence and kept it? it, 
more than one person, a group of jackasses, came into your residence and started making all these stupid demands of you night after night after night, sometimes all damn night long, you get tired. People don't like having all kinds of stupid demands placed on them whenever they're alive, right? So I don't think that is going to change just because they're dead. Personalities don't change just because you die, and neither do your likes or your dislikes. If you were an asshole when you were alive, chances are that you'll also be an asshole when you're dead. You'll be an asshole spirit. If you didn't like being told what to do when you were alive, you still won't like it when you're dead. If your spirit's haunting some location and you were an asshole that didn't like being told what to do, then you're still going to be a dead asshole that doesn't like being told what to do. It only stands to reason. Yeah, you could say that the spirits have something to say to us. Maybe they want to tell us something important, like, I don't know, who killed them, or where all the money's buried, or tell those that they left behind that they're okay and that they love them. Or maybe it's something simple like, hey... I'm still around here, still existing in some form. Pay attention to me. Don't forget about me. The spirits might want to get all this info across so badly that they will do anything to get their message out, even if that means repeating repeating that night after night after night. Maybe they think that if they move that door speaking to that device, uh, make the light go off or show themselves or whatever it is that they're being asked to do, maybe they think it'll help us hear their message so they keep on trying. All of that's possible, and it makes sense that some spirits would do that, but not all spirits As a matter of fact, I think that most spirits will get tired of doing the same thing over and over again night after night and at some point simply just quit trying to do it. They'll simply lose interest or get mad and quit. Just stop altogether. Especially if their message that they're trying to get across isn't coming across. Maybe they can't manifest enough energy to do whatever it is that they want to do, to say what they want to say or to make that light come on, make themselves appear. You know, one of the popular theories is that, oh, you know, you're in the room and all of a sudden it gets cold and that's because the spirit is sucking all the energy out of the room to try to, Make contact. Well, yeah, okay, maybe that is true, but there has to be enough energy in the room already for them to suck all that temperature out, for them to make that room get cold or to make the temperature change in some shape, form, or fashion. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just it's a hypothesis here. That's all I'm saying. But anything's possible. 
And like I said, it, it does make sense that some of the spirits would keep on trying to do whatever it is they need to do to get their message out. But I don't think all of them would. You know, I, I, I think that a lot of the spirits are going to get tired of being asked to do the same thing over and over again. They're going to get tired of actually doing the same thing over and over again, night after night. And at some point, they're just going to quit doing it. They're going to get mad. They're going to lose interest or whatever, and they're just going to stop. So in conclusion here, let me say this. In scientific reasoning, a hypothesis is an assumption made before any research has been completed for the sake of testing. A theory, on the other hand, is a principle set to explain phenomena already supported by data. Now, I've presented to you a lot of hypotheses tonight. Of course, I can't prove any of these hypotheses. The amount of work that it would take to even begin to research this stuff is astronomical. And then if you do research it, how are you going to go about testing it? The possible answers are endless, and the speculations can go on for quite literally an eternity. The fact that, well, the fact is that we may never know if my hypothesis has any merit to it or not. Other than dying and becoming a spirit ourselves, I don't have any idea how we can find the answer. One thing I do know for sure, though, these places are special, and we are in very real danger of losing them. And I don't mean simply by decay and neglect either. I mean that if we don't somehow slow down the constant invasion of privacy that these ghosts and spirits are encountering, we stand the chance of losing the very things that make them so special. We stand the chance of depleting so much of the precious energy that these things use to survive that they might disappear forever. The prospect of that is both sad and frightening. If ghosts and spirits use energy to quote-unquote survive after they've died, then what happens to them when they disappear after we use up all of their energy? That's something that I don't even want to think about. Well, that about does it for tonight's episode. Thanks for listening. Before I close it out, though, I want you to listen to one more of my silly commercials. You do not being scared. Does the feeling of your throat tightening fear leaving you unable to scream excitement? If the answer to these questions is yes, then you should listen to Scared to Death, stories of suspense, science fiction, and horror. Scared to Death airs the third Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Tune in for the fright of your life.
fed up with the way things are going in the world? Have you always wanted to say whatever was on your mind without having to listen to someone bitch about it or suffer any repercussions? Well, me too. That's why I created the Set It Off podcast. I'm sick and tired of the stupidity that's going on around here, and I'm going to let everybody know how I feel about it. So hop on board this train and fasten your seatbelt because I'm about to set it off. Set It Off can be heard on your favorite podcast station. New episodes drop on the fourth Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You never know what I'm going to say next. Well, I certainly hope that you enjoyed tonight's speculative episode of Parareality. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else about the podcast, here's how you can do it. Now, I'm going to tell you all the ways that you can get in touch with me here. There are a lot of them, and here they are. The best way, the fast way, the easiest way is to email me, sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. You can post a message on my wall or send me a DM there on Facebook using the messenger. And if you've got Twitter, or Instagram, you can follow me on both of those as well. My username is at Radio. That's at Radio on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can always call the podcast and leave a message, 615-692-1170. That number again is 615-692-1170. So you got a comment about tonight's show? Feel free to call in. You agree with what I'm saying? You think there's something to it? I'd like to hear what you got to say. If you think I'm a complete dumbass and that there's no merit to my hypothesis, tell me that too. I don't, I don't mind. And if you've got a, just a story that you want to tell, but you're not necessarily sure you want to get it on the air, or maybe you're not sure that it's uh, long enough for an interview, hell, maybe you just want to just leave a message. I'm always looking for guests and, and topics and comments and whatever. So if you just want to call and leave a message, just call me, 615-692-1170. That is the direct line here to the studio in the secret underground bunker. But I do want you to remember this, though. If you decide to call me on the secret bunker line and leave me a message, you are giving me permission to play your comment on podcast. So if you don't want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message. Like I said, I'm always looking for interesting stuff for the podcast. So if you got a story you'd like to tell, if you got a comment you want to want me to play back on the on the podcast, tell it to me over the the voicemail. There's about a 3-minute time limit on the voicemail, so if you run out of time, call back and pick up where you left off. Now, one thing that I've always told people, and I'm going to keep on saying it, I do not reveal contact information or full and complete names over the internet, over the voicemail. So if you call and you say, hey, Sandman, this is Steve Jones from wherever, wherever, and this is my email, and this is my phone number, or whatever, and I think you're at the best podcast ever, or I think this podcast is shit, or whatever, 
you know, I'm not going to, I will edit your stuff down. And it will, instead of saying, hey, this is Sam Jones and here's my contact information, it'll say, hey, this is Sam. And I won't give out your contact and I won't give out your last name because I don't believe in that. So feel free if you want to leave me a name or if you want to leave me a contact info on the, on the voicemail, that's fine. But just rest assured that I will not divulge all of that information to everybody out there in internet land. <coughs> Excuse me. So feel free. Those are all the ways to contact me. Let me go over them again really quickly. Email sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. That's where the official Facebook page for Parareality is. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Parareal Radio on both of those at Parareal Radio or call that studio line 615 692 1170. Those are all the ways you can get in touch with me via social media. And don't forget to visit my website, parareality.com, is a place where you can keep up on the latest paranormal news from all around the world. I've got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news. It's called the Paranews section, and that content is updated pretty much, well, almost daily. You can also shop in the Parareality store, watch some of the terrible videos that I've made for the show over the years, and listen to the podcast archives. I've got tons of audio on the website from the various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, along with my other podcast, Set It Off and Scared to Death. You can find all of that content for free in the archives section of the website, that's parareality.com. Make sure you check it out. Like I said, I've got some some terrible videos that I made for the show. There was several years ago, God, I can't remember how long ago it's been, but it's been a long time ago. I thought, ooh, I'm going to get my own web TV show, and I'm going to have Parareality on the web TV show. And I think I did like six episodes. Uh, it was horrible. It was terrible, dude. I was trying to do it all by myself, and I didn't have um, access to a lot of the equipment that I have now because it just wasn't around at that time or or I couldn't afford it. So I was trying to be everything, cameraman, host, producer, content creator, you name it. You know, I was trying to do it all. And I know that there are people who, who, who do that themselves today, but, you know, there are things today that you can buy that you can have a multi-camera setup and you can actually sit there and control which camera you're looking into and you can have one for a sh- far off shot. You can have one that's a close-up. You can have another on a different angle, maybe at a table or something where you've got where you're talking about something. But back then, that stuff like that didn't exist, or at least if it did, it was too expensive and I couldn't afford it. So I had like one camera. It was just aimed at me and I was sitting there in my little studio doing a 30-minute podcast or 30-minute vodcast, and it was horrible. I tried one time to do two cameras, and uh, it oh, was friggin' horrible. But anyway, uh, I, I have those posted up on my YouTube page, and I have a couple of them on uh, the uh, Parareality website just for your 
enjoyment just so you can laugh and and uh, suffer along with me. I know they're horrible, and, you know, if you want to make fun of them, please go ahead because I make fun of them too because they suck. They're really, really horrible. They are terrible. And, um, you know, I, I have been really bad about uh, social media here lately. Uh, over the last probably uh, six months to a year, I haven't been as active on social media as what I once was. You know, you just kind of get tired of it because I'm this is a one-man op, right? I don't have a team running everything with me or for me. Uh, I, I'm doing this completely by myself. So it's a lot to uh, write a show, uh, produce a show, edit a show, a website, um, you know, all this social media stuff, make posts on Facebook, make posts on Twitter, make posts on Instagram. It's, it's, it's difficult. So, and I've kind of let it slide, especially my Facebook um, page. So I, I'm, I've made a, a pledge to myself to get more active into social media. So I'm going to be posting a lot more stuff on uh, the Facebook page um, and uh, a lot more uh, like some of the behind the scenes stuff, just, just some stuff to keep, uh, keep you engaged and keep you interested. And I apologize for kind of, uh, dropping off the radar and all that. It, get, it, it can get to be a lot, but, um, you know, that's, it is what it is. So, uh, if you have, uh, haven't visited my Facebook page in a while, I'm, I'm urging you to start, start checking my Facebook page out because it's going to be, it's going to be a lot better. And that's, uh, facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. Parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for the keyword Parareality or Parareality Podcast. If you've got a smart speaker, you can listen there too. So if you have any of the already mentioned podcast skills on your device, just say play the Parareality Podcast. And don't forget, I do have that YouTube account, and you can listen to the podcast there too because I also upload all the audio to YouTube, and as you have already heard at the beginning of this show, there are people who actually listen to the audio from YouTube for whatever reason. So I've also got more than just audio there on my YouTube account. I got some great videos like UFO and paranormal documentaries. Uh, I did a little news segment called News of the Strange that I'm thinking about trying to do. I only did a, like a handful of episodes of that. And I also got those terrible videos that I did on my web show that I just mentioned. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of content there on YouTube. So uh, to find that channel, go to youtube.com slash user slash parareality1 or just search for parareality or parareality1 on a YouTube search there on that home page. Now, I have got a couple of major things that I have been working on for months. And um, that's one of the reasons kind of why I, I've... Uh, taking a step back from my social media because I was doing some other big projects behind the scenes that I can't talk about just yet. But hopefully here soon, within the next couple of months, I will be able to drop a couple of great bombshells on you guys here for some great news. So keep listening to the podcast over the next couple of months, and I'm going to have some uh, some may a couple of major announcements for you guys. I can't wait to tell you what I've been up to. I can't wait to tell you what these things are about. And it's nothing but good news for this podcast. Well, everybody, that's it for tonight. 
The next episode of Pair Reality is going to drop on Friday, May the 6th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So don't miss it. Make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this podcast opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, a great weekend, and I'll see you again in a few weeks. Good night, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.